Um, Justin's going to share testimony. Which mic you want me to use? Why don't we do... Uh, whose is this? The end one. Mic four. I can read. The other one had two mics on it. That was the problem. Anyway, go ahead, man. Well, as a lot of you guys know, I work in the trucking industry, and it's been a struggle with all the corona and everything happening. But um, I had a customer come to me and ask me to... Can you hear me okay? Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, so I had a customer come to me and ask me, hey, can you help me, you know... um, get rid of my truck because you're not offering me enough for my trade or whatever. So I marketed it on my YouTube page. I helped the guy get $50,000 more for his truck than he would have originally gotten, you know, just to help the guy out. There was no benefit to me whatsoever. But the promise was, hey, you know, he's going to come and do business with me when he got his truck sold. So um, anyways, he panicked and went and bought a truck from somebody else. And that was one of those moments where you're just like, I I was just going to shut my phone off and go home for the day. I was so upset, like really upset. But the, you know, the teaching that we get is to just keep plowing forward, right? So before the end of the day, I had an order for eight trucks. I stuck with it. I hung it out. And since that point in time, um, you know, typically I got to fight through getting people financed and all this other stuff. It's a real wrestling match sometimes. But um, people have just been wiring money. I don't have to worry about financing or anything. We have all these truck deals. So I got like, I don't know. I've lost track of how many deals I got going right now. So the growth is supernatural. And, you know, and it's just because we believe, right? We believe what we're being taught, that we can, you know, we can just have those blessings. And we don't have to let these people, you know, stop our progress. So, Awesome, man. That's really cool. So I said, is uh, Barb and I are available anytime you want to take us somewhere fun? With all that money you got. <laughs> Once they open up New York again, we'll go to a Yankees game. That'll be fun. So um, let me tell you about this ugly shirt. <laughs> no, actually, it's from Trey and Nicole McLean. He wrestled at Penn. And so uh, in the North Philly area. So appreciate you guys. Now, you guys know Snavely's, right? He goes, where'd you get that shirt? I'm going to send you a golden golfer one. I'll proudly wear it for you, Lyle, but it'll be the ugliest shirt I've ever worn. So anyway, (laughs) the golden gophers, we call them the yellow rats. So anyway, he said he's going to send me one. So I don't know how we, can you screen out, like zone out? All my Iowa people will, they're going to, I'm going to lose my card to get into Iowa. I won't be able to cross the border. Yeah, you can blur. Yeah, okay. Anyway. So I appreciate that. It's just fun to me. So um, I want to tell you about a cool testimony. This is the prayer team. I just appreciate you guys. It's, it's awesome, isn't it, what's happening right now? It's just awesome. And I want to give you guys some confidence with this testimony. Because um, I think a lot of people, the tendency is if you don't see the answered prayer right away, the, the tendency is used to go, what am I doing wrong? How come it's not working for me? Um, and, you know, just it's easy to think you're doing something wrong, which is why we create these volumes of how to pray. And, and uh, it's goofy to me. So we got, this, uh, uh, we got this request. And then don't show that picture until I tell you to, okay? 
because this is pretty cool. So you know which one I'm going to talk about, Ash? Yeah. So uh, where is that? Hold on. I got, I, honestly, guys, I'm like, I, I got stacks of them right now, kind of like that. Where, where'd you go, Justin? I, I would love to just, for posterity, just, can you just email me that? Just that quick test, like what you did, like basically like, hey, it was easy to think, oh, I just lost 50 grand from this guy today or whatever you would have made, right? And then to go, no, you know what? I, I, I don't lose anything unless I identify with that. I still am going to, everything has to work together for my good. Amen? And that, that when you do that, that's like, oh, you thought that was, no worries. I had to get him out of the way for you so I could give you eight times that or whatever it was. Isn't that cool? You okay with that, Tracy? Yeah, Okay. Usually the ladies are, are, are totally okay with that. <laughs> money doesn't make you happy till it makes you happy, right? Money doesn't make you happy. Oh, yeah, it does. So a lot of times. I get what they're trying to say, but it's, it's better to have it than not have it. Amen? Anybody agree with that? Yeah, it's more fun. To, so anyway, this lady, um, I'm not going to say all the details, cause, but uh, she, she says this. This is Linda. I've been listening for a few months now. I've learned a lot. I'm a returning missionary in ministry, um, I was in a Mediterranean island. I'm not going to tell you the island for four and a half years, just because I want to keep her privacy as much as I can here. So, anyway, so after five years, she goes, "I was 65 when I left. Now I'm 70 when I returned home. Within 36 hours of returning to the U.S., he gave me a car that I didn't even ask for, but God knew I needed one. So I've been living temporarily in a friend's home. I know he didn't bring me bring me back to be homeless. So I have my heart set on a little city. And she tells the city." And I've been carrying a little picture of this house around. Um, from excerpts from your past testimonies, I know God can, can give me more than what I think or ask. So my prayer request is that your ministry would partner with me in prayer for the manifestation of this little house for me. All right, she didn't tell us anything about the house. And so this is what I want you to get excited about. She was praying for this house. Now, if, you're, if you guys are praying for things, trust me, it's in the works. It's in the works. It's... It's, it says the, the kingdom of God is like this mystery. What should we liken it to? It's like a seed planted where it says, right? Where we plant it and we go to sleep. Isn't that interesting? It says we go to sleep and we wake up morning and night. And then all of a sudden, first the blade, then the ear, the, then the full corn. But was it always coming to her? That's the whole parable, right? That's the testimony. So even though it's in secret, where the mystery, the hidden place you can't see, it's coming. So she goes, I just want you to, I've got to pick a house on my phone. Can your prayer team agree with that I'm going to find this house? So Ash, Rich, some of you guys here, Jennifer Forrest, that are or they're praying. We just start, hey, here's what I see. I see a, I see a little house. I think, um, I don't remember if it was you, Ash, you're like, I see a little white house. Or it needs to be painted white. And... Uh, and then somebody's like, there's a, there's a patio out front. And I, I remember I, I would clearly saw them like, man, there's flowers and boxes of flowers all over the place. And people are just explaining what they're seeing as we're praying. She, she prayed. And how many of you guys know there's one spirit? So you can see it. You can picture it if you just quiet yourself. And you'll learn to trust it. So anyway, we share all these things. And then she says, uh, I've been vacillating this week since your Monday email in regards to the little cottage prayer request I sent you. <clears throat> um... I've had a screensaver picture on my phone and a small icon on my Mac for the last year and a half. Your prayers describe that cottage without any previous knowledge or description. Attached below is the, is the picture. Blessings to you, Pastor Mike, and the prayer team. Yes, indeed, he's given me my heart's desire. Consider it done. You want to show him that now? Oh, 
Is that cool? That's such a confirmation to you, Linda, like, and anybody else. If you've prayed, it's there. Like, we picked it up clearly, wasn't it? And none of us seeing it. That's cool, isn't it? I just want to give you assurance. Like, that's, that's how it works. It's, that's how it works. So, anyway, um, let me share a couple others here. I've got a bunch, so. Um, oh, okay, this is kind of cool for all you car guys. And So, this is from Ben Taylor. Um, he's in the Los Angeles area. I'm ready to share my testimony. I'll think you'll like it. I import vehicles from Japan for a living. And I became friends with Paul Walker. You know who Paul Walker is, the fast and furious guy. I became friends with Paul Walker and many other people in the auto industry, all from seeing my future while I, while I was in my little tiny room in little old Green Bay, Wisconsin. It led me to being the largest importer in the USA, becoming friends with some of the most famous people and, most, and most respected people in the auto industry. And then I moved out to Los Angeles. When I found your channel, it blew my mind, all caps. I said to myself, hey, that's how I became who I am today. I envisioned every last bit of it, and it all, caps again, became real. So I'd like to add that it was exactly how you explain it. I was thinking this way for years before hearing your channel. I would sit for hours and hours looking at pictures of Nissan Skylines in Japan, even though Japanese cars had never been offered in the USA up till then. I'd dream and dream. I'd see myself driving those cars. I'd see myself making close contacts in Japan. I saw myself importing them and starting my own shop. Well, not long after it all started with my first car, then it snowballed into meeting all these highly, very respected people in the auto industry, and they will all tell you the same thing. They chose to work with me because of my passion. It came from seeing myself doing things. I always tell people that it greatly helps to have a good imagination to succeed at whatever you want. This small town boy ended up creating a nationwide market with those vehicles all by just dreaming. No joke. I can't believe I now have others that understand this way of praying that that I've had all these years. I've been looked at as goofy by a lot of people by this concept, but thanks for being you every day. No, last note, there's one, there was no one doing what I was doing, importing those cars from Japan at the time. It was not even being done. If I can create a market this odd and this big, anything can be done. I truly believe it. Isn't that cool? Um, You got room for one more? All right. I love these things, don't you? All right. So this is, which one is this? Who is this? Sorry. Uh, Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. All right. So her name is Melinda. So she had, she had written um, July 23. I found out about your ministry through a lifelong friend. She shares the name. The last three weeks, I've encountered nervous system issues that's prevented from my body from sleep, a normal appetite. I've, I've felt nervousness, shaking throughout most of the days. Um, <clears throat> I've, had a break, I've had a few breakthroughs for a few hours of feeling peace and health, only to struggle again. Could I ask you to pray for me and see me and all my body systems sound joyful, peaceful, free, so that I can feel the fullness of Christ's life in me and enjoy his shalom, health, and well-being. Nothing missing, no, nothing broken. Thank you so much. So, same thing. We just, we pictured it. Like, hey, here's what we see. And so, uh, literally, we just like, we just see you completely whole, joy-free, and care-free. And you're going to have some of the best sleep of your life next week. Pretty specific, isn't it? Mike. So, what is this? This is uh, seven, eleven days later. I'm writing with tears of joy. I've been so exhausted with, for weeks of not sleeping and eating. I started to see myself at the beach the day before I emailed you. We drove to California. I told my husband, I want a room that I can see the ocean from. 
We got to the hotel. Sure enough, our room looked out at the ocean. Every morning I was seeing the beauty I had literally only spent moments seeing for myself a few weeks before. I had such sweet sleep just like you guys prayed for. And the appetite that had eluded me woke up each day. And now I am enjoying food, eating foods that I haven't been able to eat in weeks. Then she tells some other things and uh, um, about their bikes got stolen <laughs> at the hotel. <laughs> and so anyway, so she goes, no, I'm seeing our bikes returned before we leave this hotel. So I'm just kind of paraphrasing because it's kind of long. And then it says, uh, the day we were checking out on the last thought, my husband asked the hotel manager about our bikes as he was finalizing the checkout. Yep, you guessed it. They were found by the gardener. Ha ha. Who's the gardener? You are. Amen. You plant the seeds. Amen. He was found by the gardener, but it was literally the gardener. And then that's funny to me. So anyway, we know not how they couldn't explain it, but they had just come upon them. Yes, this is not a life lived from the outside, but from the inside out. We're learning to live. <clears throat> he truly is the God of all of encouragement. Thank you for your love and prayers. We look forward to joining you and Inspire 100 soon. Cool? I'll stop there. It's just because I've got to get into this. Put my goggles on so I can see the time. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Oh, man. All right. Let's, go, let's get to that first slide real quick. So we've all heard this. The glory of God is within, right? But uh, as, as we're talking about imagination and really how simple prayer is, I've just been digging on all these words in Hebrew, and it's awesome to me. And so uh, anyway, what I'm really trying to get a hold of you is, is if we're literally created in his likeness, created in his image, we're a joint heir, then, and we see all these scriptures that you're all familiar with, as he is, equally so are we right now in this world, is what it says, in this creation, not when we get to heaven someday, right now. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't it say that? says that. Well, do we believe it? I think no. I think no, actually. Most of us don't, me included. Is, and I'm just getting glimpses and glimpses more and more right now. And, and gosh, this is so easy. No wonder it was such great news. But anyway, um, could it be as simple as what we do between the cherubim if we can imagine it that that's prayer? If we imagine it, that seed planted within, that that is the miracle working power of God bringing it to pass. And I think when you start looking in the scriptures, that's exactly what it is. Isn't that cool? So just a little review. This is, so the, the Hebrew word for imagine, imagination in, in Hebrew is the word potter, like a potter shapes clay. The verb of it is really similar. It's called yatsar. So if you can imagine, it's just picture something, right? Like picture something. It's Strong's 33, 35. It's a verb. So it says, when you picture something to form, you fashion, you devise in the mind and your divine activity as a potter, which is cool to me. So, I just want to keep hammering this because I think this is so awesome. So the first, the last two letters, that kind of backwards Y and that backwards R is, <clears throat> is the, the Hebrew word Zar. It's Zadresh. And so if some, a lot of people have been asking me, where do you get this? You can start, guys. You can just go to Google and just go um, the meaning of Hebrew letters if you want to just start there. And you, there's another site called Hebrew4, the number 4christians.com, which is pretty extensive that you can get a lot of this. Um, another thing you could do is just Google pictograms, pictograms of Hebrew letters. Because in Hebrew, every letter had a picture as well as a number and a meeting to it. And there's multiple meetings. And once you start getting the hang of it, you'll see that uh, they told stories. Like each letter had a specific meaning. And so the last two, that Zadresh is the, the Strong's 868-62 is, is Zar. 
It's trouble. So if you're in a trouble, a narrow place, anguish, hand of God, strength, word, deed, strength of an ox, literally is yod. So the very first letter, or yod is, it's a picture of a fist. It means to do work or be able, the strength of God, the strong as an ox. So yod against trouble is the strength of God, the strength of an ox to overcome any trouble is literally what imagination is. So that's why last week I was talking about your imagination is the solution to all problems. That's out of, right out of Hebrew. So meaning this is when you imagine it's the omnipotence of God, it's like the omnipotence of God is, is held in a seed, is it not? And this kind of is on the prayer thing, what I want to share with you too, because Barb and Bear, they, they created this whole garden on our deck and they got carrots and peppers and potatoes and all this stuff. So I want you, I want you to get this. It's kind of on the original testimony of Linda with her little house. Um, it would be like this. So let's say I planted a, a carrot seed. They've got all these carrots coming up. And, and then I'm sitting next to the plant and I'm sitting there like every morning. And then Barb finally goes, what are you doing? And I go, I'm trying to manifest carrots. That would be the response, wouldn't it? But that's how I see people pray. <laughs> like, I'm trying to manifest it. What am I doing wrong? Like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just trying to add to the omnipotence of God, and you can't. You can't add to it. Does that make sense? Now, if we get discouraged, yeah, just remind yourself. If I picture it, it's being done to me. And I'll show you that from glory to glory. Amen? So does that help you? Because, like, wouldn't that be weird if you called, like, no, I'm in my hour of trying to manifest the carrots. It'd be like, what do you, what happened? He must have worn that Minnesota golden rat shirt. So I'm just riding Lyle. We do this to each other all the time. <laughs> so when you imagine that Lily is the omnipotence of God, guys, it says, you're going to meet me between the cherubim. I don't want to go all the way all that, but it's, when you really see it, it's like this beautiful thing. So just know that when you picture it, it's as simple as picturing it, knowing that that's done. So this lady, when she's picturing her house, we don't know it, but we can pick it up in the spirit. We're like, oh, her desire is to have this house, and, and we describe it to her. That should give her confidence that the world is seeing it already being, being done to her. Isn't that interesting? So anyway, so, so for instance, I was listening to this old Christian mystic, and he said this. He says, if you, if you needed a healing, and he, he specifically used, he goes, if you're, in a, if you're in a wheelchair, you could receive a healing. Here's how simple it is. And he goes, sit down in a chair, relax yourself, and see yourself doing what you want to do. Jumping, skipping, whatever. And as soon as you can see it and you start to get excited about it, he goes, it's done. That's the omnipotence of God. He goes, that's a creative act. It's starting to happen to you. And just stay there. And it'll happen to you. Now, isn't that amazing? And then I, immediately I was like, that is exactly what that lady last week did. I shared that gymnast who, who uh, was a quadriplegic. Some of you guys went, let me just read just the beginning of that. So you can go Google cheerleader who was quadriplegic after gymnastics accident. My friend Mike Sharbo in Fort Collins sent me this originally when we were talking about it. I was like, that is awesome. And so she, anyway, she, she lands on her head. Gymnast didn't make it all the way around. And she goes, I just remember laying on the floor and them not being able to move. Now, if we believe this is true, she receives her healing. So she says, at that moment, lying on the gym floor three and a half years ago, Schuler did something remarkable. She became thankful for what she had. Doesn't that sound like Philippians 4? Guys, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, do this. With praise and gratitude and the shalom, your union with God, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds, the internal parts of you. Amen? So you don't freak out. 
She started visualizing what it felt like to move and what it felt like to walk, flip, and twist. In my mind, said Schuler, I could still always feel. Even though she couldn't with her physical body. That's what I'm trying to get. This is the spirit realm, right? Is that cool? She did that. So simply imagine it. Allow the creator and sustainer of the world to bring it to pass in ways you know how. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. Isn't that cool? All right, that's a little review. So let's, let's go on here now. Now, to that next slide whenever you guys get a chance. All right, so I wanted to share this with you because um, I was thinking about, uh, well, I'll read it. I was, I was sitting there kind of just, you guys have heard me share this, but it's, it's for whatever reason, it's the most powerful um, kind of like prayer slash reminder to me of, of how good and how simple this is. It says, the natural man is trapped by reason and reality. So she could have been trapped by reason and reality, couldn't she? She goes, I can't feel anything. I'm a quadriplegic, but I know I can still feel in my mind. I can still twist, feel. And Mikkel, I'm sure you could do that, being a gymnast, right? In your mind, you could see yourself and feel it, couldn't you? Like exactly how it feels and everything else. And so um, it says, the natural man is trapped by reason and reality. That's the Esau, the physical man, right? But the spiritual man, the smooth man, Jacob, is going to supplant the physical. It's not the other way around. The spiritual man creates his own reality. Most people are totally unaware of the the creative power of imagination within and bow before the dictates of facts. Remember, imagination is the divine activity of God that forms and fashions everything as a potter fashions clay. That's cool to me, isn't it? That's Hebrew. That's pretty good. So, Most people are totally unaware of the creative power of imagination within and bow before the dictates of facts and accept life and what they perceive with their senses. When you discover the creative power within yourself, this is what the prayer team is really getting a hold of right now, you will boldly assert the supremacy of imagination and put everything physical into subjection to your imagination. It's the Hebrew word for potter, imagination. Isn't that cool? So I was reading that, and then all of a sudden these, these verses... I kind of tell you how my, my Iowa brain works sometimes. So then I was like, oh, glory. glory. There's something about glory. I don't, oh, there's something about glory. So I go to the mirror translation, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Most of you guys have heard it, from glory to glory, right? It's actually not even that. It's apodoxa, ice doxa. It means move away from the, the doxa, the glory of Moses, because it gives you the difference between the old covenant glory and the new covenant glory. He says, move away from that glory and come to the completion of the new glory, which is apodoxis, ice doxis. You don't have to know all that. But so it's not like, um, it's a mistranslation how we, how we read it, typically, from glory to glory. So here's, here's a mirror translation. The days of window shopping are over, meaning you don't have to just dream. Dreaming is the divine activity of God. Isn't that cool? I would guess everybody, um, you know, Brent and Leslie, or all these business, I bet any business owner, we typically do this. Even if we don't know, consciously know we're doing it, we kind of see the future and dream, and, oh, if we had this kind of business, these contracts, and you always do it. And then if we really looked back, we go, oh, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. We're doing physical work and doing things, but the power behind it is dreaming and seeing it. Amen? So the days of window shopping are over. When you look at it, it's yours. <laughs> that's what I want you to get. You don't have to just go, oh, that looks awesome, right? You look at that and go, oh, thank you, Father, I can have that. Wouldn't that be good? Anyway, you don't lust then. Because if you, if you know you can have it for free, you don't lust. It's really a fascinating thing. So, in him, every face is unveiled. So, 
This gets good. In gazing with wonder at the blueprint of God displayed in human form, we suddenly realize that we are looking into a mirror. So here's what he's saying. You see Jesus throughout the scriptures and all these writings. He goes, when you see that, you're looking at yourself. Is that hot or is that hot? To me, that's really exciting. And so it gets me out of my habit of when I wake up and I look at myself and I'm like, oh God, that's you. still you. What a bad, I had peaceful sleep. Now it's that ugly dude in the mirror. (laughs) Like anybody ever felt that? Like, oh, it's me again. I had such great sleep till I saw myself again. So, and we can get out of that. That's why we renew our mind daily. We can go, no, that is not just me. I'm looking at myself unveiled as if it's Christ himself in the mirror. That's what this scripture is saying. So in gazing with wonder at the blueprint of God displayed in human form, we suddenly realize that we're looking into a mirror where every feature of his image articulated in Christ is reflected in us. So here's what he's saying. You've seen Jesus. You've really seen yourself as if in a mirror down to the very last image, down to his very last characteristic. Isn't that wild? It's interesting, isn't it? I think it gives you so much hope if you start understanding that. Would Jesus get concerned of a bad medical diagnosis? <laughs> and go, oh, that's interesting. Thank you very much. Right? <laughs> yeah, but the doctor said, no, 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 I'm the gardener. <laughs> I take care of the plants around here. I'm not the doctor. I'm the one. So anyway, that's how we can look at things. Amen? Now, doesn't that, get, that gets me excited. It really does. So the Spirit of the Lord engineers this radical transformation. Now, that, if you, if you go look at it, it's present passive indicative. And uh, the best example I've ever heard of this was Joseph Prince. So what is passive tense versus active tense? So this is how he described it. Active tense is um, I throw a baseball up. I'm the subject of the, the whole thing, and I, I hit the baseball. So I'm the, I'm the active one performing the action. Does that make sense? I'm trying to make English easy, English for dummies. I actually hated it. Anybody else hate English? Oh, my God. Like Barb teaching the kids and stuff. Like my favorite always is dangling participle. I'm like, that sounds bad. <laughs> that sounds like something we did to hogs growing up. Like that's a dangling participle. So I'm like, you, she, she's amazing. She, I go, how do you actually know this stuff? Like I just knew it to pass the test. Anybody else do that? Like I, don't, I have no clue. What it, to this day, I don't know what a dangling participle is. Like, and why would, why would we have to know that? Like... What planet are we on sometimes? So anyway, so I'm, that's active. Passive tense is I'm batting and the ball hits me. It happens to me. Does that help you guys? All right. So when you look at something, here's what he's saying. When you look at something, it happens to you and transforms you into that image. Is that cool? So when Linda's looking at that little cottage, the Spirit of God engineers this radical transformation and makes it happen to her. The days of window shopping are over, guys. You don't have to just look. Now, I get that he's talking about the fullness of God is the the more I gaze at Jesus, what I'm really supposed to be looking at is I'm gazing at myself. And the Spirit himself transforms me into that very image until I'm the end. Now, you start there, but it's an awakening within. That's where it says, work out this sozo with fear and awe, with fear and trembling, like... It's in you. Everything's complete. Amen? So work it out of you. Like, realize who you are. It's come alive to that. That's really what all those scriptures are talking about. So, anyway, the Spirit of the Lord engineers this radical transformation. 
Present passive indicative meaning it happens to us. We are led from an inferior mindset, who we thought we were, <clears throat> to the revealed endorsement of our authentic identity. So here's what he's trying to say, guys. When you look through the scriptures, when you, when you see Jesus, realize you're looking at your original identity. This has been you all the time. You were a son from the beginning. Amen? Is that cool? Oh, man, once you get that. Oh, and I'm not saying I got it. Like, but I'm getting glimpses and it gets me really excited. So... So some translations of the scripture, we had been changed from glory to glory. That would suggest that this is huge for you guys. And this, this is what really led me down this next path where I was like, again, just crazy excited. That would suggest that change is gradual and will more than likely take a lifetime. Wouldn't that suck? <laughs> um, what if you just heard this truth and you're uh, a certain age? And you go, man, I wasted my whole life. No, no, that's not how it works. Amen. There's no time. He redeems time. So you can, re- you can receive it all back today if you want. Isn't that cool? I love that. So anyway, um, that would suggest that change is gradual and more likely happen than likely take a lifetime, which is typical thinking that trapped Israel for 40 years in the wilderness of unbelief. We cannot become more than what we already are in Christ. Amen? You are teleos. You are the end. You're Christ- when you look at Christ, that's you. Now it's really just come alive to it. We do not grow more complete. We simply grow in the knowledge of our completeness. God did not redeem a compromised replica of you. Redeemed means you've always been deemed worthy. You've always been the most valuable, precious thing I've ever made. You contain wild riches and glory beyond your wildest dreams. As Jesus says, so am I. That is such a radical statement in 1 John. And so we can't become more than that. We're already there. All we do is really come alive to it. That's what this whole thing's saying. But then I want to get into this glory thing. So God did not redeem a compromised replica of you. He redeemed it, meaning you've always been that valuable to him. He re, he did it again. He showed you what you've always been from the beginning, your authentic identity. Does that help you? Okay. So he rescued the original blueprint you. So Jesus comes in the flesh and it says in the past, you know, the prophets, everybody talked about him, but now he's revealed his most perfect self in a man. So we can see ourselves. That's the true gospel. Jesus is the true gospel. Amen? He is. And he often... Oh, it's so hard for people, but it's the most glorious thing. He contradicts scripture over and over if you go read him. He goes, you guys didn't have it half as... You, you don't know. I'm way better than that. He said, in fact, everybody that's come before me, all the Old Testament prophets, priests, kings, read it. I'm not... I'm not some people get mad at me. What did he call them? Yeah, Pharisees. That's but what he called them thieves. Because you've stolen what was freely theirs by making them jump through hoops to get it. They've been sons and daughters from the beginning. So he tells the high priest in all of Israel, everybody that's come before me, none of them knew the father. They they killed Jesus for calling him a father, right? And then he's got the audacity to go, he's your father. (laughs) He's everybody's father. He's even the Gentiles' father. Oh, man, that'll get him stirred up, right? He, oh, he's even the Democrat's father. <gasps> I can say that around here. Some of you guys are like, of course, I've voted Democrat my whole life. I'm like, yeah, not, not here. So, <laughs> just trying to tweak some of you, right? So, wouldn't that be wild if the Democrats are saved? All you guys online, trust me, you, if you understand Colorado Springs, you'd understand why I'm joking about it, right? So, 
I think it's the glorious news. They're my brother. There's my sister. I don't have to, we might have disagreements, but they're saved. They're they're whole. You can't get more complete than you are, right? Lyle, even the golden rats. Unbelievable. So I had to repent from that one. Like even them? No, Lord. I'm staying outside the house. So God did not redeem a compromised replica of you. He redeemed you when you look at Jesus. Amen? All right. Now, however my brain works, I'm going, oh my God, this is quantum physics. <laughs> so we go to this next slide. So I was like, I got to go look up glory and wait. So anyway, so the word glory here is doxa. <clears throat> in the same word in Colossians 1.27, it says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, where's Christ? Where's, where's he located? In you. The hope of glory, the, everything that they were hoping for, they found in him, and he's in you. And he says, the, it's, and once you find it, it's worth riches, is what he says. It's rich, it's like rich, abundant. And he says, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles is Christ in you. The glory, the riches, everything you could ever imagine is already deposited in you, is what he's trying to say. Because you're, you're the temple. The hope of glory. So, I go look up doxa, which is the Greek word for glory. Strong's 1391. So here's what it says. Here's the riches of the glory in Christ, which is in you. So here's what's in you. Honor. Wouldn't that be good? So if you're feeling like I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable, I, I, I've just gotten just little old me, right? No, you have honor. Isn't that cool? You have renown. You, you have glory, especially a divine quality. The unspoken manifestation of God is in you. That's cool to me. Splendor. I love that word. We're for the display of his splendor. Not our splendor. His splendor. It corresponds. This is where I started to like, oh my God, I'm getting it, Lord. You're throwing a, this is like, and I'm going to try, guys, I'm going to try to do quantum physics for dummies because I am one, right? So it corresponds to the Old Testament word, kavot. Old Testament, strong 3519, to be heavy. So, so then I go to kavot. Strong's 3519, here's what it says. The, the Hebrew word is abundance, riches, honor, splendor, glory of external condition and circumstances. are very familiar, right? <clears throat> but then, the verb of that, it's actually the same spelling, is Strong's 3513. So the noun is, it's a subject, it's glory, honor. The verb is to be that. Isn't that interesting? Does that make sense? The riches that has been displayed to the Gentiles, but is now revealed, is this is in you. So be it. You guys getting this? The noun is splendor, glory, whatever, all these awesome words. Honor, renown, glory, divine quality, unspoken manifestation of God, splendor, heavy. Like it would be like this is, is um, I don't care who our president ever is. Like, I believe in respecting a person of honor. Or just, it was in me as a little kid, right? Um, some of you guys were, were, still grew up like I did. My mom, if I didn't respect an elder or a pastor or a teacher or somebody, holy smokes, man. She wasn't interested in my self-image. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I should have said, do you know who you're hitting? The glory, the honor... Say, we'll talk about that later, right? 
anyway, that was your first mistake to dishonor. So it'd be like that. So if, if uh, well, let's not even take the president because it's so divisive. So let's just take, a, give me some pol- political figure. <laughs> I'm digging myself into a hole. So let's, not, let's get out of politics. Um, what would be a good example? Uh, somebody give me a good example. <laughs> You're such a turd, man. What? Oh, Mother Teresa would be awesome. Yeah. So if Mother Teresa walked in, wouldn't we all honor her and respect her? Guys, when you walk into a room, God respects you like that. He goes, you're the exact replica of me. So be it. That's the verb of it. Isn't that interesting? So be, do it. Now, how do we be it? This is where it gets interesting to me. It's comprised of the three Hebrew letters, kaf. That's that first backwards, C. And it means to bend or shape. And literally, the word word picture is, um, it's a father cupping his hand on the, on the son of a, a Jewish son, speaking over him who he is. Now, you guys know that. Is if, you, if you train up a child of who he is, he's going to be pretty good when he gets older. That's the whole thing. He's shaping him. He's bending him. That's the, whole, that's the word picture. But it literally means to shape or bend. And so, bet, you guys have heard this enough times, it's inside the house or something within. You, who, what's the real Bet. You and I, we're the real tabernacle. We're the real house of God, right? And so, and then Delet is a doorway or a path. So this is where it gets really interesting. So being abundant, being rich, being honorful, being splendorous, being glory, I'm probably getting the words wrong. What's, what's, the, what's the, how do you be, how do you be, what's the word for splendor? Splendy. <laughs> Whatever. That's probably got a dangling part of on it that I don't understand. So, uh, I missed that class. So be glorious. How do you be it? This is where it really is interesting to me, is whatever you do within the house is the life you're going to shape and bend yourself into. So what you see within, when you see yourself splendy, splendorous, I don't know what the word is. Splendid. Why couldn't I get that? See, I'm like, good Lord. Too many chili cheese dogs growing up or something. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Splendid. Were you guys saying that? I wasn't hearing you. Oh, I thought you were saying Splendy. Oh, sorry. Splendid. Yes. So be splendid. Be rich. How do you do it? You see yourself as already there and it bends and shapes you into that life. Passively, he does it to you. You become it. Now, I'm like jumping out of my skin at this point. I'm like, be heavy, be weighty. Oh, praise God. Let's show this last thing. So some of you guys know this, the, the concept of relativity in quantum physics, right? Basically, he says this. So I just showed you a picture. Here's how, here's how in his mind, he, he proved this concept. That, um, oh, you know what I heard? I, I, I read the best definition of it ever today, which, was, which will help some of you guys. Because it really is kind of mind-boggling. Barbara and I were, like, see, so you're reading these things, and you're going, how do these guys think of this stuff? which it's an impossibility to me where it has to be revealed, where they're just, they're just quiet and God's showing them things, which every one of you have, by the way, because there's one spirit. Anything you need to know, just, just feel that you already have it. Thank you, Father. I have everything I need to know. And every decision I make is going to be guided. And even the ones, if I, if I miss you, you turn it around for my good. Amen? That is a wonderful way to live, I'm telling you. It's just you don't beat yourself up nearly as much. So, Anyway, here's Einstein's general theory of relativity summed up in 12 words. Space-time, this idea of space and time, right? 
tells matter how to move. Matter tells space-time how to curve. Bend it into your reality. Now, so this is coming to me. I'm like, oh my God, this is pretty wild to me. So here's what Einstein... It's, it's like this. Is here, Einstein believed this. is If you can get to the... If you can travel at the speed of light, and by the way, there's something faster than the spirit of light, it's at the same time everywhere all the time. There's no time or space, literally. And Colossians tells us what it is. It's him. We're swimming in him. The whole creation's swimming in him. And he's outside of space and time. That's what he's trying to say. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't change. I am. Now, that, isn't that weird? So it's like this. Is he, he postulated this. Is if you could move at the space, the speed of light, there was infinite mass. Meaning there's nothing else. There's not energy. E equals mc squared. It just becomes. Isn't that interesting? Now, when you start grabbing a hold of this, this is what the, the early church believed. See, they, they thought in a lot of imagery and scripture, etc. So when you see Jesus ascending and descending on the clouds, people are trying to take that literally to the Hebrew. It meant something very different. The clouds were God's chariot because they looked up and they go, oh, God lives up there. And those are his chariots where he can go anywhere at any time at all times. So the cloud, anytime you see these clouds, there's always God's chariot. He can go anywhere, anytime. Now, here's, here's what's really wild is once you start to get this. What really, if you think about prayer, what it really is, is God's outside of space and time. So the spiritual part of us has no space or time. Isn't that interesting? And so Einstein said, if you can go the speed of light, everything becomes infinite right now. So prayer, when you see this, imagination's like there's this divinity within us. It's this divine act that when we imagine something, it becomes, it's like this, is... Through prayer, there's no time. So we can see what we desire, whether it's a healing, whether it's a, a, I want to have um, a mar- if I'm mar- I want to be married, I can see myself already married. If I, you get what I'm saying, right? You can picture your life. You can design your life. And you're, you're able to go at the speed of light, which is really outside of that. You're able to make that thing and that time in the future now because there's no time. That's what he's trying to say. So it's already available the minute you see it as and accept it as true, you can make that clap space in time. That's prayer. You guys getting this? So now, now I'm starting to go, oh my gosh. So Romans, Romans 1.20, and I'll finish this up. I want to read it. It says, all creation speaks of him, so none of us have an excuse. Like if we had half a brain is what Paul's saying. All you'd have to do is look out there and go, there's a God. <laughs> Isn't that true? Like, I mean, we live in one of the beautiful, most beautiful places in the world, I think. Um, you go, oh my gosh. You know, that's where it's really interesting. Even when you read Darwin, uh, what's his famous book again? The, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Yeah, Origins, who said that? Yeah, yeah. So when you look at that, he even says that. He goes, I must admit, it's crazy to think that there's not a God that somehow, when I look at the eye, and the intricacy of an eye and how I see the pupil and everything dilate, he goes, I must say, it's really hard for me not to believe in a God. But as soon as I can get over that, then it, <laughs> it's kind of weird. But anyway, even he couldn't conceive of that because if you look at it, it's like, that's magnificent, right? And so, uh, where was I going with that? So I'm getting so excited about this. It's just like, because it was coming to me, I'm just like jumping up and down. I can tell when I'm getting something and the rest of my family's like, 
you're off on your thing again. You know, get your meds back on, Mike, or something like that. But I'm telling you, it was speaking to me unbelievably. So, so Einstein has this, he goes, hey, you know what? Um, oh, Romans 120, that's where I was going, sorry. See, it came to me if I just slow down. So I'm gonna read Romans 120, but it basically says, all creation speaks of you, so none of you are, all of us should know there's a God. I'm gonna read it out of the, the, uh, the mirror translation. I think this is good. So Romans 1.20, God is on display in all creation. And this relates to this. The very fabric of visible creation appeals to reason. It clearly bears witness to the ever-present sustaining power and intelligence of an invisible God, leaving mankind with any valid excuse to ignore him. Verse 21, yet mankind only knew himself in a philosophical religious way. That's why, in, in my opinion, theology in itself isn't that helpful to me. Because, oh, that's great. That's great theology to the single mom, to, the, to this missionary that needs a house. Okay, how do I apply it? Which is why I keep sharing all this stuff to you because I think it's the most important thing in my opinion is how do you actually live the life that you want? Isn't that what we want? Or I don't want to just wait till I die and go to heaven someday. And you know, the concept of that concept where wouldn't it be nice to enjoy it now? To me, it would. So yet mankind only knew him in a philosophical religious way from a distance. We thought we were separated and failed to give him credit as God. Their taking him for granted and lack of gratitude veiled him from them. They became absorbed in useless debates, discussions, which further darkened their understanding about who they are. It's a good thing about theology, actually, right there. So then this thing with Einstein comes. So here's what Einstein said. So what I'm trying to show you is all creation speaks of him. So Einstein showed this. So the galaxies, to a Hebrew, the heavens, the galaxies, and earth, what we see here, that represented something. They thought where heaven and earth meet, to them it was the temple system. So we see all these things, but it's really a picture of where heaven meets man, and it's in the temple system. That's what the Hebrews believed. So they believed the high priest could go in, and even in the inside walls of the holiest of holies, there's all these creatures on earth. And then what I find interesting is there were cherubim, which were creatures of your imagination, in the inside of the veil. So it's already starting to see all these types and shadows coming through. So they believe that we're, we're, everything you see here is a picture of where God meets man into the temple system, even how it's all laid out. So the truth that Jesus and Paul and all the New Testament writers wrote out, where does God really meet man? You, the tabernacle made without hands. Don't you get it, Paul says? All of that stuff is about you. So all of this, what Einstein's seeing is really about you. So here's what he saw. So the galaxies, the heavens, to Hebrew, the heavens, this represents something about me. Actually, they believed it represented something about the temple system where God in their mind met man. We know that all creation speaks of him and as a joint heir. And if, if we see him, we're married in him, then all creation speaks of you. So when you see the glory, what are you supposed to go? That's in me. Now I should probably be that. Amen. How do I do it? I see myself as that, and the Spirit himself transforms me into it. So now watch this. So Einstein says, hey, I see those stars. I see those galaxies. It's not actually what I'm seeing. It's not in the same spot, but here's what happens. The sun, so the sun, which our universe, everything revolves around the sun. Genesis 1, in the beginning, Bereshit bara Elohim et, a left top is in the very center. Amen? So he, say, he says this, the weight of the sun, the weight of the sun does this. 
It takes the spirit and takes that light. You guys know light is just packets of energy. It's photons, right? So it takes the spirit, it takes the energy in the spirit, and it bends it and shapes it to what we see on earth. I was like, all creation speaks of him. I'm getting this. Einstein, I'm getting this. I know it's taken me a long time, but I'm starting to get what you saw, you crazy thing, you. So <laughs> this speaks of us, guys. So I was getting that kavot. Like in Hebrew, it's like, you're so weighty. You're so weighty. This, this might help you out too. If you have a, a stopwatch on earth, <clears throat> it's slower than the stopwatch on the moon. Time speeds up. So when you're completely in the spirit, how much time is there? None. In prayer, you can make then, now. And the spirit himself will transform it. This is a picture of it, guys, I'm telling you. He saw that what you saw in the spirit, the galaxies, the heavens, that's what represented it to the the writers of the scriptures. The sun, where's the sun? Not the physical sun, where's the real sun? All creation speaks of you. The sun's in you. When you realize sonship, you mean Christ in me is the hope of weightiness? So if we can understand weights and all these things to a Hebrew, what is the weightiest thing in the world in all creation? You and I. We carry the weight of the sun. We take the spirit and what we see in the spirit, it literally shapes and bends and forms the life we desire. Is that cool? You guys getting this? All right. <laughs> Maybe you aren't as excited about it, but I was so excited about that because I'm like, holy smokes, that's cool to me. This is a picture of you and I. Though you, you are the supreme weight. Christ in you is the hope of weightiness. You're the weightiest thing in the world. You're his divine creature. You're the most beloved thing. He's got eyes for you guys, the most precious, spotless bride. And he goes, when you see me, know you. Be anxious for nothing, guys. Be anxious for nothing. So if you need a physical healing, you could see yourself already there. Make then now. And the weight within you, the sun within you, shapes and bends what you see in the spirit and transforms it to what you physically experience here on earth. If you need financial things, see it as already done now. Not praying against spirit of poverty, lack. I rebuke lack. No, it'll get you more of it. You'll get you more of it. You don't come against sickness. It'll get you more of it. You guys getting this? Because where's your focus? You don't come against the devil. You get more of it. (laughs) What do you do? You see what you desire, and the Spirit himself transforms you into that same image like the sun just bends and shapes light so you can experience it here on earth. Amen? All right, you can get to your feet. Oh, man, I hope that helps. And it really is true, guys. It's really like Justin was saying is, hey, in the natural, just felt like he got, yeah, yeah. So anybody want to give, all you guys online, thank you, but you can pass it off too. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, remind me once real quick. So does this help you? I'm telling you, just trust the weightiness within you. If you can see it, like Justin, the physical man would go, oh my God, I just got this guy. I'm going to tell him he's number one on the interstate or something, right? What did he do? He calmed himself down, says, no. All things work together for my good, and he got eight times it by the end of the day. He can collapse space and time when you 